0: Good afternoon. I'm Dr. James Smith Jr., and welcome to the Dr. James Show. Getting ecstatic, excited to be here. Excited that you are here as well. We've had people join us from Sweden, Singapore, uh, Malaysia—places I've traveled to teach—and we've had places, people from right here, local Philadelphia in the United States. Um, you ever meet someone and? After you met them and spoke to them for a little bit, you said, I want that person to be in my life for the rest of my life. Well, that's how I feel about today's guest, Norm Wood. And we'll get to Norm shortly, but cannot take this plane up in the air unless I have my co-pilot Shannon Peck with me. Shannon, Shannon, you ready for another flight?
1: Absolutely, always. How you
0: be doing? How you be doing?
1: (laughs) I happen to be doing well after shoveling out another eight inches of snow this Sunday. Um, but
0: all is well. You don't have any any folks, teenagers around your neighborhood looking to make some money?
1: I think they're all at school finally. (laughs) No, it was Super Bowl Sunday, um, you know. The moms are going to have to drive them. So it becomes a whole thing. But, you know. Ready for another ready.
0: show? Ready for another show.
1: Oh, I'm always ready for Tuesdays. Tuesdays <laughs> are my Fridays, is what I'm trying to say, Dr. James. Mm. And I think the guest that we have today, we're all going to learn a little something. Um, and I believe that he has nuggets to offer everyone who's listening and or viewing today. So ladies and gentlemen, as I tell you every week, don't be shy. This is your opportunity for the next hour to have a subject matter expert at your hands. Light up that chat room, make your comments, share with us, ask those questions, and we'll do our best to uh, to fit them in within the show. Um, we're excited.
0: I love it. I love it. I think I'm going to borrow or steal hashtag Thank God is Tuesday, and I'll be thinking about you when I do it. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Typically, at this point, I share our guest's bio, their title, all those things. But rather than doing that, we're going to show a clip of our guest in action. Let's take a look right now. Norm Wood.
2: I have a deep-seated feeling of peace, nothing to hide, nothing to fear, nothing to prove. I'm not going to do anything for you. But I do have something to share. What I want to do today is share these with you so that you can create a masterpiece to broaden your insights and improve your ability to see and feel everything. Breaking news.
1: The founder and president of The New Norm Incorporated, a consulting and training group. The New Norm challenges people, Companies and communities. Discover something that I'm afraid to discover about myself. That will help me continue to grow on my personal and professional path. To identify and apply best practices with inclusivity and sustainability. I think this could be valuable for teams and individuals.
0: Norm Wood. Norm Wood is a motivational speaker. He is a workshop facilitator. He's a coach. He's an author, and he's also a dear friend. Norm Wood, Mr. Mr. Wood, please, please come on out. Welcome, welcome. Glad Good static to have you. Thank you. Good, good, good. How are you doing these days? Doing fine, thank you. How about yourself? I'm fantastic, I'm fantastic. Norm Wood, the new norm. What's the new norm? What's, what, what's that about, the new norm? Uh, I get
2: asked that question pretty often, and the answer changes uh, just about like the weather. Uh, I, I started a business uh, after I walked away from the corporate world a couple of years ago, and it was called Triple Bottom Line Concepts. Uh, the uh, senior design class at Wake Tech selected several different startups to help them with their marketing efforts. And my, my first meeting with them, they said, you know, that that's an old title. I I didn't think it was old. I hadn't known about it that long. They said, can we change the name? I said, sure, I'm in your hands. What would you like to do? And they said, well, can we use your name? I said, yeah, Uh, the name is Norm uh, or Norman. Uh, My middle initial is E, my initials are N-E-W and use it as you like. Well, about five minutes later, the new Norm became the name of my company. The new norm, actually, uh, it's different today than it was a year ago. It's uh, always in a state of transition. And it's a matter of of seizing the opportunity to take advantage of where you are at the moment, to be in the moment, and to learn where you are. Wherever you are, whatever's going on, you're there to learn and grow.
0: Awesome. Love it. Love it. I remember when we first met, Mm -hmm. I was at your... National Speakers Association chapter, I I was the guest speaker. Mm -hmm. And I did an activity where I taught storytelling or I taught a way to engage the audience. And I asked for volunteers to to come up and a room full of speakers, but nobody was getting up. Then you got up, you were the first one. And you walked to the front, dropped the mic, sharing the story about when you gave a presentation at a penitentiary.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: can you tell us about that 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 story or that experience I thought it was riveting
2: well I the story I told at that time was a story of getting uh, attracted to and then getting involved in what's called transition transition from when you're behind bars to when you're trying to become a part of society what I discovered was there's an awful lot of supposed safety nets out there but regardless when you get out you got nothing Um, Mm. i've befriended several uh former inmates got to know them pretty well uh one particular individual i met him he had been out for two weeks he got out he had 40 dollars in his pocket he didn't have a place to stay he didn't have uh his in fact his Family wouldn't even talk to him because he'd been behind bars for 28 years. Uh, He had nothing. He lived in a transition home. I spent some time with him, getting to know him. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, one of the first things I told him was, I'm not going to do anything for you. Do not ask for money. You're not going to get it. But I'll be here to support you. And uh, we, we talk every week. Now, this has been four or five years ago. Uh, one morning, I met with him one Saturday morning, and I asked him what was it he wanted to do. He said, "I want to do something with trucks." And I said, "You want, you want to be a mechanic or, or what?" He said, "No, I want to drive trucks." We um, we pursued that and found out first of all he needed to get a driver's license, and his driving ra- driver's driving record was thirteen pages long. About 11 of those pages were failure to appear. Um, When you're in prison in Harnett County, North Carolina, it's rather difficult to appear in court in Cumberland County. Uh, He was able to to find a lawyer and get the uh, record cleaned up. Then he pursued getting his commercial driver's license. Mm. Um, And he's been very much in demand ever since. Uh, uh, he's, had, he's now uh, he's now uh, he's got a uh, a laser. They're it, expecting that they had planned to get married, but the pandemic messed that all right. up.
0: <clears throat> Norm, nor, what was the motivation behind that? Did you just wake up one morning and say, "I want to help people in transition," or was it on your um, bucket list, or you saw a movie and decided, "I want to do that"? I mean, what what, what inspired you to do that?
2: It it was really an instant attraction to people that are helpless and helpless people. I I spent a lot of time in in my personal uh, ministry with uh, feeding the sheep in homeless shelters and uh, with uh, Step Up Ministry, which some of you may have heard of. Uh, About 75% of the Step Up Ministry candidates have criminal records. And I was just drawn to it uh, and realizing that these people are they're just like everybody else, just in some cases they may, in some cases, just one mistake. Uh, It's usually a result of some bad choices, which I must confess, I've made some bad choices too.
0: No. (laughs) But I I must tell you
2: right now, the statute of limitations has run out on all the things that I've done. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's good. That's good. Norm, shortly after I made that presentation, I got something in the mail. Mm -hmm. The letter said, Dear Jim, I attended your November workshop in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I bought and read both of your books. Thank you for the encouragement and messages your presentation provided. I'm in the early stages of creating, speaking, writing, and training career. Your presentation and books gave me a boost, the boost I needed, and the timing was perfect. It appears that we are on the same page in many ways, Please accept, accept the enclosed gift, a copy of my book, The Part That Talks. I hope this will benefit you on your path. Thanks again for your inspiration and encouragement. And that's when I got my book <laughs> that made my day, made my year actually. And it's, it's essentially a spiritual journal where you read every day of scripture and apply it to your life. So thank you very much for that. All right. Lessons learned, Norm. Lessons learned. Um, mm-hmm. You said your statute of limitation ha- has run out. <laughs> Let's talk about last year a little bit. Mm-hmm. The lesson from last year, 2020 pandemic, a mm-hmm. lesson learned. Do you have one for us?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I have. In fact, I have several. Uh, one of the things that I found particularly helpful about last year was I ran out of excuses. For doing Ooh. the things I had been saying I was, you know, one of these days I'll do this. One of these days I'll. do one this. of
0: these days, yeah.
2: Uh, Checking things around the home, uh, also in the, the the group of friends I have that do uh, professional speaking, we decided early on this was not going to go away. You know, we heard two weeks, we heard two months, we heard six months. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the uh, the meeting planners. Uh, The companies that have big big meetings, all those things were going away, at least for a while. Uh, And we decided, well, virtual was here to stay, so let's do what we can to become virtual experts. Now, there, I'll confess, it's taken me a while because I am, as you've observed, I'm not very tech-oriented, but uh, I'm pursuing uh, developing workshops that will be virtual, keynotes that will be virtual, uh, I have also been able to complete uh, to my satisfaction uh, for keynotes, which can be expanded into day long or weekend long workshops. But uh, that's awesome. all stuff that I probably would not have taken the time had not yeah. i been forced to, to stay home.
0: Wow. Wow. Before you share your next one, Shannon, Shannon, what's, you have a question for Norma or what's happening in the chat room?
1: question for Norm. And, and Norm, um, the snippet that we opened up with about you, you had uh, mentioned in your video that you help folks to see and feel everything. Could you share with our listeners and our viewers a little bit about how you actually do that?
2: Hmm. Sure. <laughs> I, I'll, be, I'll be glad to do that. I, I, <clears throat> one of the things is, as I look back on uh, not only my career, but my life in general, uh, there were those times when I was not enjoying the moment. Staying in the moment is extremely important. Uh, The the keynote that that comes from is entitled All the World's a Stage. All the world's a stage and all the men and women are merely players. uh, Indeed, the world is a stage and you're on it. You're on it right now. Everything you do, everywhere you look, you're on the stage You're being watched, and you're there to watch others. Uh, The important thing about being on stage and being in the moment, it's not a dress rehearsal. Take advantage of the moment. Learn what you can. Learn from your lessons and growth, Whether, as I said earlier. Whether you're up or down, you're there to learn something. I've also learned over the years that when you're down, there's a time coming up. But you're there to learn something so you can really enjoy and take advantage of the time that comes up. Uh, likewise, when you're up, it's, it's really easy when you're on top of the world to think this is it. And that's the time also to learn because you're not going to be there long. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I emphasize that and we actually have uh, about an hour and a half uh, exercise in identifying those things that we spend a great deal of time in identifying those things that that make you happy that uh, and there's no reason to be sad if you can stay happy uh, so that's I, that's what I emphasize with people and that it's a workshop that lasts uh, about an hour and a half to two hours and the harder they work on it the more rewarding it is for them it's nothing that that I impart it's a self-discovery exercise or series of self-discovery exercises
0: That's good. That's good. Thank you, Shannon. Norm, you help people in transition. Mm -hmm. You inspire. You lead. You're very active in your church. You've written books. What motivates you? What motivates you? How does the motivator get motivated?
2: Mm -hmm. (sighs) Well, okay. So, you know, and you've already made the... (laughs) made the comment, and there's nobody in the audience is going to be surprised to hear that I'm not so much religious as spiritual. <clears throat> that's what motivates me. Uh, my daily walk is very important to me, and uh, you know I expect a miracle most of the time, and they, they come from all different places. Those things motivate me, sharing with others, uh, providing a conduit, for others to explore their own spirituality, that's something that really excites me. Uh, as I mentioned with my my friend, uh, his name is Mark. Uh, that's where we got acquainted first, and that's how we remain acquainted. And um, it's been a, a significant part of my life. And the more I do it, the more I want to do it. Uh, you mentioned, uh, of course, I've done Bible study, and one of the reasons I've enjoyed Bible study so much is not because I learned any of the answers, but I've learned a whole lot of questions. And the the more you ask, the deeper you dig, the deeper it is, and the more exciting it becomes. So you ask what excites me, that's it. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Question that I want you to fill in the blank with. Okay. If it weren't for blank, I wouldn't be here right now. If it weren't for blank, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here. A person, a place, an experience, a situation. If it weren't for a blank, mm-hmm. filling the rest.
2: I'll be glad to. Uh, if it weren't for one particularly lowest point in my life, uh, I wouldn't be it.
0: Mm, let's talk. I was, about
2: that. I was a, uh, you know, as, as a young man, I was anxious in pursuing, like my dad did, the executive ranks. Uh, I was in an executive position with a mid sized high growth company. <clears throat> we were about 1,500 employees. And they called us the top team. It was the company president, executive vice president, company controller, and me as the head of sales and marketing. Uh, I enjoyed contributing to the growth of that company. We grew from about 25 million to nearly 100 million. And uh, being a significant part of that was really exciting for me. And then I noticed one day there was this new guy there in a new position. And I learned that he was there to restructure, reorganize, you know, you know what, you know, the, the drill. And one of his reorganization things was to eliminate my position. Uh, that was pretty tough. But he offered me a job as a sales rep in the toughest sales area we had which was a heavy industrial area. Um, not Nobody wanted it, so he gave it to me. Thank you very much. Uh, I took the job, I worked very hard, I learned a lot. I surprised myself at how well I performed in that position. And meanwhile, I was on the market. And one day I got a call from my headhunter and she asked, you wouldn't think about a position in Detroit, which well, now, I'm a Southern born Brit. Okay.
0: <laughs> Never lived
2: outside of the South. Absolutely. And I thought, I mean, in fact, even today, when I tell you this story, it surprises me that my next comment was, well, tell me about it. And she did. Uh, the interviews were intense. Uh, and about a week later, I got a significant offer that uh, I took advantage of. I moved to Detroit. My wife said, Honey, take advantage of this opportunity if you want to, but I'm not going. Mm. So I was there by myself, uh, which enabled me to work all I wanted to. Uh, And that was probably one of the the more rewarding positions I ever had. Uh, First of all, the Detroit market was very similar to that market I had been thrown into as a salesman. Fortunately, I learned while I was there, so I was able to provide leadership, but otherwise I wouldn't have been able. But as I look back, I made some great friends. I got very involved there in Bible study, and, and in the church, and in, in feeding the sheep. Uh, and those became things that have followed me the rest of my life. Was very rewarding uh, pastimes. And that's probably as I look back, getting the news that my job was gone was pretty bad because we were uh, we were living the lifestyle, you know. We. We were living the lifestyle, yeah. you know, you know what it is. That it was expensive. And I had a dollar in college,
0: yeah.
2: all of those things. But um, as I look back, that's where I learned so much. And one of the things I learned that, that I use and quote to this day is you can't teach what you don't know and you can't leave where you won't go.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. You can't teach what you don't know. Mm-hmm and you can't lead, where you won't won't go. Mm, Nice, Mm -hmm. nice. I'm gonna borrow a a line or a sentence from your previous answer, where you talked about along the way, Mm -hmm. or as you look back, it's Black History Month. And many people are looking back, Mm -hmm. they're doing research, they're re-familiarizing themselves with black history what does black history or black history month mean to you nor
2: you got a minute (laughs) (laughs) um when i was about seven years old um my uh well let let, let me go back let me start the best way to start that is is to remind you of this book okay
0: I've, book, seen, I've seen From Average to Awesome before. <laughs> okay.
2: In this book, you mentioned uh, the titans that we encounter throughout our lives. And there were many throughout my life. Uh, some of them younger than me, some older, but there were, were many that I was able to learn from. But there were two giants. I mean, significant giants. One was my dad. Uh, my dad was a Rising executive, uh, he worked a lot. Uh, he worked very hard, but he always had time for me when I needed it. He was a great example, and even today, when people tell me that I remind <clears throat> uh, when people tell me that I remind them of Bob, mm. I get, you know. The other was, um, my dad stood 6'5". Wow. The other giant stood about 5'5". His name was William. Uh, We lived in Atlanta when I was about seven years old, from the time I was seven till I was about 12. And uh, we lived in a house in a neighborhood at that time called Buckhead.
0: Yes, very familiar.
2: You've heard of it. And, and behind our house was a uh, a garage. And above the garage was an apartment, a one-room apartment. Now, before I tell you about the man that lived there, I need to also tell you about some other neighbors. Uh, one of my neighbors uh, had a cousin that I liked a whole lot, a little girl, whose dad was rich. I mean, he was He was rich. The first Cadillac I ever saw and uh, first air-conditioned Cadillac I ever seen. And uh, her dad was, uh, had, he owned a very famous restaurant. It's famous even today. And um, she was rich. Then there was also a guy that lived down the street who caught the bus in front of our house. And he went to a studio where he was on TV. So he was famous. Uh, he became even more famous over the years. Uh, so I had seen at ripe old age of seven, I had witnessed rich and famous and neither one of them seemed to be particularly uh, calling me toward that as a, as a lifelong uh, ambition. And then there was the man that lived above the garage. His name was William. <clears throat> William was an old white gentleman uh, probably the grandson of American slaves. And I would take him his meals. Uh, today, as I recall those times, I recall walking into that room, it, it smelled of old books and bleach. Um, William would be sitting in a rocking chair uh, under a lamp behind the, b- beside the window, uh, and he'd usually be reading. And most often he was reading the Bible. He was a self Uh, reader and we would talk uh I mean there were times as I was growing up there were things that I was very large for my age and I had to encounter a lot of bullies and we talked about bullies Uh, we talked about girls we talked about a lot of life things nor what made what made you go up there what was the inspiration first of all that my one of my duties was to carry him his mates And then there were times I wasn't carrying a meal. I would just go up there to talk.
0: You were going to get fed. You were getting fed.
2: That was exactly right. He was feeding me in major, major ways. Uh, Everything he owned was in a room about 10 by 10. Wow. And yet, he made a far greater far more lasting impression on me. He was a giant, far greater impression than the rich and the famous that were right around the corner. Sure, sure. Uh, to this day, I remember things he told me. Uh, I remember he would, he would often, you know, I would start with a question or something and he would either begin or end or somewhere within his response, work in the good book series. One of the final messages he gave me that and it was also it was a recurring message was the good book says, <clears throat> love one another. And he said, young man, it doesn't say you have to agree with one another. It says, love one another. And <clears throat> he was an example of that. Uh, he, was, he was a simple man Uh, a proud man, a humble man. Uh, He was the other giant in my life. So what do I think of Black History Month? Well, it means we have all missed a lot. We've missed a lot of wisdom, joy, knowledge, and understanding uh, by neglecting this segment of our population. Um, I encourage everyone to listen, ask, learn, and enjoy learning, enjoy learning more about the black culture and the significant unsung contributions they've made to make this a great country.
0: It's beautiful, beautiful, thank you. Shannon, why don't you come on in and and join the party.
1: I love, love Norm Wood is all I'm gonna say. I am obsessed. I'm over here taking notes like I always am. And sometimes what happens to me, Norm, is I forget that I'm helping Dr. James co-host the show because I'm selfishly receiving from all these amazing guests. And you are definitely one of those. And our chat room is lighting up. And in regards to your previous discussion over transition, uh, one of our guests has said, sometimes the recognition of needing to pursue it and persist in the transition can be tough but like you just mentioned norm staying in the moment is so important for growth Mm -hmm. um one of the folks has just repeated what you said and says whether you're up or down you're there to learn something so good and people are agreeing yes um and again you can't teach what you don't know and you can't lead where you won't go and um You know, one of the things that your company that I read is responsible for helping uh, organizations identify individuals uh, strengths and talents. Mm -hmm. Um, In your experience, why do you think there's such a misfiring in with an alignment of seeing talent and then folks being aligned with something that just really doesn't maximize their strengths and talents?
2: Well, my answer to that is there are two reasons. One is ego, and the other is greed. Uh, and and that's that's usually starting somewhere near the top or in the higher management levels. Uh, I I just I had a uh, I get I, if you've got a minute, I've got another story. Uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, assigned a uh, an underperforming subsidiary, and when I was with that that company I mentioned to you before <clears throat> and I, I sat down with the chairman and the CFO and I, I asked I say, what do you want what, what do you want me to do with it? you want me to shut it down because it, it, it was in that in that realm where you could shut it down and not miss it because it was not contributing a whole lot or do you want me to grow it and they said well mom that's up to you I said if you're gonna leave it up to me I'm a sales guy okay uh, <laughs> I'm gonna grow it so um, we, uh, we put everything on uh, answer phone for uh, a couple of days, left the building, and we uh, went off campus. Prior to that, I did uh, profile testing to understand what the various people's strengths were. And then we, we met for a day. During that day, uh, first thing we did was we, after identifying strengths and discussing them openly among ourselves, realized we had a one individual who was in sales and customer service who was highly compliant. She loved detail, but she hated public contact and literally hated public contact. Uh, She was miserable. She became probably the best administrative assistant I ever had.
0: Nice, nice.
2: Had Uh, another woman who was uh, basically was cut out to be in sales and we put her in sales and she did an outstanding job. Uh, Long story short, we reorganized, restructured. We reorganized the departments, came up with mission statements by department an overall mission statement to determine who we were and what we were and what our contribution was going to be and totally reorganized. Uh, Nobody was tracking this but me, but I was watching the top line in a period of three years. Wait a minute. First, we we established a one-year, three-year, and five-year plan. We blew through our five-year plan in 18 months. At the end of three years, we increased top-line revenue by 1,400%. Did not add... A single person spent, I guess I bought lunch a couple of days, (laughs) that was it. No increase in expenditure, we just reorganized, putting people, as they say, in the right seat on the bus, putting them where they enjoyed doing what they were doing. They came to work happy every day. And more important, they left work happy every day.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Shannon. Norm, you, I mean, a phenomenal story, number one, mm-hmm. getting people to work for you because they want to, not because they have to. Mm-hmm. But you talk a lot about helping people get bigger, helping them get bigger. I'm going to show a video clip right now that speaks to that. Mm-hmm. You, you, we're going to show a few words. You, you were speaking to an audience. Let's take a look at it, and I want you to uh, elaborate.
2: Let me set the stage, learn the lesson, because wherever you are, you're there to learn something. You cannot teach what you don't know, and you cannot lead where you won't go. Think it through. Think big. If that doesn't work, think bigger.
0: I love it. I love it. I I encourage people to jump into their bigness. it looks like. Mm-hmm. great minds think alike <laughs> sure. yeah. just, just saying if you had any additional mm-hmm. thoughts about that or, or what goes into your thinking when you encourage people to get bigger to think sure. bigger to mm-hmm. perform bigger
2: well it's all too often we think about limitation and it's a uh, truism what you think about is going to grow uh, in fact, one of the things I've commented on over the years is when, when people uh, sit down to do financial planning uh, or when people sit down to go through a p and uh, I guess the PL is probably the best example. They'll look at that bottom line and and they don't focus on what's making that bottom line. They look at how far that bottom line is from their goals. Yeah. And you know what? That gap grows. When if you focus on The positive things, if you focus on growth, but focus on the good things, they will grow too. And that's one of the the tips, the comments, the advices. One advice I give to those who are encountering any situation, uh, look at the limitations and set them aside. Let's forget the limitations for right now. What would you do if, and, and then I go from
0: there. Love it, love it, love it. I like to say, what you focus on grows, Mm -hmm. that thoughts become things, Mm -hmm. and that energy and action follow thought. Our our mindset is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Do you talk about those type of factors in your book? Talk to us about the book, the part that talks.
2: Well, I'll tell you, I I, I will tell you. First, I'm gonna tell you where the book came from. Yeah, please. in 1986, uh, my, my dad passed away. I've already told you what he meant to me. Uh, we were supposed to get together on a, on a Saturday, and uh, my mom called and told me that he wasn't waking up, and he had passed away. And my dad and my daughter were very close, and we decided that it was important for our daughter to have closure. So we arranged for a private viewing the next night at the funeral home. And I recall now, as we walked into that room, the casket, the open casket was all the way across the room and our daughter went running across to see her papa. She started pulling his fingers and pinching his nose. And about that time we got got closer and she said, he's cold. And right away, my wife, doing the mother's duty started explaining to her about what happens to the soul when we pass away i was not aware of it at the time but my wife had had very very limited experience of even being around death much less standing next to a corpse my five-year-old daughter quickly grasped that and responded with the truth of Oh, that's the part that talks. So that's where the title came from. The part that talks is our spirit. Several years later, I was taking a uh, social media and uh, social media course at Wake Tech, and one of the requirements of that course was to create a blog. So I started a blog entitled "The Part That Talks," and I did that for uh, three or four years, and. People that, you know, I had subscribers say, you know, you need to, to put this in a book. So that's what you see there. Uh, the editing, I had to reduce uh, about seven years worth of uh, what I would do. I'd read a, a Bible verse in the morning, and then I'd meditate on what that Bible verse had said to me, and I'd make uh, I'd do my journaling. And so you've got excerpts from my journaling, and then you've got uh, Bible verses. And as, as i it took about a year to finish, and we came close to the end, and my editor said, you know, it would be nice to put some questions in here. And so I thought, you yeah, know, we could do a question a week. Well, then I'd have to go back and rewrite so that all of the readings would be applicable to that question. So I set aside a little bit of time to start thinking up some questions, and I came up with about 400 questions. <laughs> So, in fact, it, uh, as people comment on the book, that's the thing they tend to comment on most. Uh, they, were, they were good questions as, I, as they, they're, they're there, the they're questions that came to me. Uh, they're questions I wanted to answer for myself and they help people. Uh, there are times that people will read those questions and they'll say, all right, now you're ceasing to preach. and starting <laughs> to cry. But That's the intent.
0: That's awesome. Norm, having written books myself, I know that books can be a journey, they can be challenging, they can be rewarding. You go through something during the course of the process. What was most exhilarating for you in writing the book, and what did you find challenging as you were writing the book?
2: The, the big challenge, uh, first of all, was, was just making myself do it. You know, I I mean the the writing was done. I had to edit it. Uh, a a friend of mine said, just set aside 30 minutes. Well, everybody can find 30 minutes. So I set aside 30 minutes and that 30 minutes turned into an hour and then two hours and and before long, I was into it. And I was able to, on a regular basis, say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to set aside 30 minutes to get through, and you know what I'm talking about, getting through, getting something down. Uh, exhilarating, uh, probably the thing that was most exciting was the cover, uh, because it's coming, it's here. You know, it's, it's really happening. And uh, I enjoyed going through, selecting the, the site, uh, sort selecting the pictures and so forth, and that was probably the most exciting part.
0: That's awesome, that's awesome. Looking forward to your next one. I want to move to a segment of our our show where one that we call the hot seat. Mm -hmm. It's a segment where I ask the guest, I ask you or I give you a word or a couple words. Mm -hmm. And I'd like for you to share. What comes to mind. Mm -hmm. In one word. And it's not an activity where you think to talk. Mm -hmm. You just bam, bam. And we'll do do several. Uh, You're on the hot seat, Norm Wood. You're on the hot seat. Here's your first word. Respect. (laughs) You're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking. You just want one word. One word, one word. Bam. Yeah.
2: Woman. Resiliency. Sports.
0: Confidence. Challenge. Dad. You're thinking, I'm sorry? Lead. Lead. Soul. Feeling. Black History Month.
2: The proper name mark sorry mark that's the name of uh mine. yeah yeah
0: the new norm challenge authenticity honesty vulnerability honesty leadership
2: Discomfort.
0: I love it. I love it. Norm Wood, you are off the hot seat. You. You're off the hot seat. Shannon, why don't you come on out and what's happening where you're living right now?
1: Well, inquiring minds want to know two quick questions. What are the keys to being an effective leader? And what are the keys to successfully running a multi million dollar organization? All right. So, All right. keys to be an effective leader and
2: then successfully running a multi-million dollar organization. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's that's one of my next books. Uh, it's, uh, I, I was asked to speak to a group <clears throat> about leadership. And so I went out and bought the latest book about leadership by the latest guru. And I went through it and I, I thought, I've been doing this for 40 years. Why is this all new? And I finally, after reading through that and then digesting, okay, what does all of this mean? I came up with leadership is a four letter word. You're either a love-based leader or a fear-based leader. The most successful leaders tend to be love-based in that they, they honor and respect their, their employees and respect doesn't, and honor doesn't mean being uh, soft touch. Being respectful could mean telling somebody it's time for them to move on. Uh, I will say that in my career spanning uh, over 50 years, I've only terminated three people's employment. And one of those was sexual harassment, another was drug related, in which I had no choice. But that first one, I had to do it. And I think people, and I realized that after I did it, that man's life turned around. And he was, the job was holding him down, essentially. So I've never hesitated to to approach that subject with people. They just need to know that I'm serious. So I, I guess the keys to running a successful organization, number one, be sure everybody's on the white seat on the bus. And number two, uh, honor and respect your employees for who they are, for what they are, and, and be sure they know good good communication is another one. Uh, one of my, my favorite sayings is, uh, in most relationships, uh, difficulties are a result of, of lack of uh, expectations being met. Most often, those expectations were never communicated. So be sure you communicate clearly, uh, respond to others with respect and love. And, uh, and that's basically, that, those are the things because leading a multimillion dollar organization is is not that difficult if everybody is doing their part.
0: That's good, that's good. Thank you, thank you. Thank you Shannon. awesome. Norm, Norm, uh, you talked earlier about transitioning. Mm -hmm. And for many of us last year was one huge transition Mm -hmm. or pivot. Mm -hmm. Some people are afraid to do that. They're apprehensive. Mm They settle for being stuck. They are, they don't embrace uncertainty or ambiguity. They want things to line up just right. Mm -hmm. You indicated that you were in sales for a number of years. How did you transition into being a speaker doing Toastmasters, National Speakers Association? How, How did that happen? Well,
2: uh, first of all, that the speaking was something I've done pretty much as a hobby all along. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I enj- I really enjoyed training, and so it was it was a pretty natural transition. In fact, it, more than anything, it was an opportunity to start devoting my life to doing something I really love doing: speaking, training, uh, and and then of course the natural. Next step was to, to work toward writing uh, and that's, a, that's been a challenge, but I enjoy doing that also.
0: I, I, I love speaking. I, I could not imagine doing anything else for a career. Uh, what do you like about it? What moves you? What inspires you to give those messages of hope and bigness and mm-hmm. yeah. I taught school
2: for three years right out of college.
0: And I think
2: that the best description there of what really inspires, uh, you're standing there in front of a classroom talking to 35 and you see one, get it, that aha, uh-huh, learning has taken place. That's what thrills me. Uh, and, and particularly when I see that individual Either make a change or pursue what they're doing or whatever, they, they've received some little bit of encouragement or some lesson from something I said, and they then do something with it. So that's that's what I get a real thrill. Of.
0: How would you describe your style, your approach, and how much has it changed or evolved over the years? your style and approach to speaking, to inspiring, to educating, mm-hmm. your style and how much has it evolved. I'm a storyteller. I believe facts fade, stories stick. Mm-hmm. I wanna move you through story and I'm, I'm gonna create an experiential time for you. I, I want you to be as tired as I am after my presentation is over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's physical. Presenting storytelling. How about yours, and how much has it evolved over the years?
2: <clears throat> I, I'm a storyteller, and and I love. I, I'll tell you, I thoroughly enjoy watching speakers and learning from what they do. Uh, like you, uh, you're a, you're a great storyteller. I picked up a lot just watching you. Uh, I enjoy telling a story, and that's probably if there is, what evolution has been there has been uh, learning from others how to tell a story better.
0: That's good, that's mm-hmm. good. When, when we teach storytelling, we have what we call our FISH model. And that is the I standing for I the participant. Mm-hmm. I need to F feel your message, S see your message and H hear your message. Mm-hmm. And the H is not around the, the audio or the volume it's a deeper understanding, a deeper meaning for what you're conveying to the audience. Mm-hmm. So we have that in common as well. Norm, what's next for you, 2021 and beyond? What goals, what are you working on? What are you doing in that, that that lab as the mad scientist?
2: Well, the the two things right now, the the book, uh, one book, Leadership is a whole Letter Word, that's in progress. Uh, the other book, which is, uh, uh, Plan to have that out first is uh, i told you about william uh that there is a story it's just the wisdom of william and that one's uh, it's outlined and partially scripted and that's going to be uh, a significant project for me uh the, those two things are things i want to do um, other than that I, I really want to enhance my speaking business through the virtual presence uh, I'm working on that. I'm, I'm actually working on completing a studio in, in the space you see me in right here.
0: Norm, if people wanted to find out more information about you or, or get your get a copy of the book and then get sure. ready to get the future books, where, where can they go?
2: Okay, the book is available on Amazon. Uh, I just I checked that yesterday to be sure it could be purchased. <laughs> uh, it has not been a bestseller, but that's okay. That's not why I wrote it. Um, the book is available on Amazon. It's, it's the part that talks by Norman E. Wood. And of course I can be contacted on The New Norm. That's my website. Uh, it's the thenewnorminc.com. Uh, there's, there's a lot of new norms out there. I'm the one that's incorporated under the thenewnorminc.com. <laughs> uh, so those are the best ways to get in touch.
0: Norm, we've seen a lot over the last year and a half, I guess. Um, The pandemic started trending in in March and throughout your career, I'm sure you've experienced a lot. What does this world need right now in terms of what's happening politically, what's happening um, from a civil standpoint, from a humanity standpoint, from a diversity, equity, inclusion standpoint? I mean, there's there's so much ah, bubbling up right now. What does the world need in your opinion?
2: Well, I I don't want to sound trite, but there was a song. What the world needs now is love. And love makes the world go around, and that's what it needs. Uh, If we could just rid the world of greed and and power, happy and selfishness, and people would love one another and and look at one another in ways that uh, what is there with this person, about this person to appreciate? You know, I've met, and I'm sure you all have, people that were difficult to like. But in many cases, there was something there to like. And, uh, and I think that's something we need to do. As, as far as political, I've got to tell you, uh, I'm sick of it all. I'm just absolutely sick of it all. And there's, there's so many egos out there. And uh, I think, we're going to see lots of change. I just have to remind myself of who is in control. Mm. And then I'm fine.
0: That's beautiful. Beautiful. Norm, at this point in our show, we have another segment. And it's called the mini, M-I-N-I, the mini keynote. Again, I'm a speaker. You're a speaker. So this should be right up your alley. We asked our guests, give us a 30 second keynote on whatever they want whether it's empowerment whether it's pivoting whether it's leadership it's your call to action your, your challenge your admonition for the folks who have tuned in today mm-hmm. you have 30 seconds to just lean in like you're holding the mic and you're looking into the audience whether it's virtual or in person and give words from normwood
2: Act two, scene seven from his play, As You Like It, William Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. Indeed, all the world is a stage and you're on it. I'm gonna offer you advice in three acts. Act one, always learn the lesson and grow. Act two, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're there to grow, take advantage of it and learn. And act three, you never know who is in the audience. Pardon me, act one was always give it your best. Act two, yeah. always learn the lesson and grow. In act three, you never know who is in the audience. I give an example there of <clears throat> William and his wife could not find hotel room that night in Philadelphia because of a convention in town. They looked at all the finer, more expensive hotels and they were all full. So they stopped in at a smaller hotel, which was also full But the manager, George, offered them his own quarters for the night. William was so impressed with George's kindness, generosity, and customer focus, that he invited George to come to New York for a meal. William, William Waldorf Astor, enlisted George, George Bold, as the founding proprietor of his hotel, his new hotel in New York City, the Waldorf Astoria. You never know who is in the audience.
0: Bam, mic drop, mic drop Shannon. You never know who's in the audience.
1: You never know who's in the audience. And the new norm, as you said, when you opened up today is ever changing. And folks are, feeling that I'm sure that are listening who we can't hear because they're, they're, they're not live in the show right now, but I've really enjoyed your story today. Fish, feel, individual, see, hear. Folks are in agreement with everything you're saying. Love that. But for me personally, um, Mr. Wood, I want to say with your new norm being ever-changing, I want to thank you for giving leaders, managers, people the permission to be kind and love in spite of your role and responsibility in an organization because it doesn't represent weakness, it represents a strength and a unity. So I wanna thank you for giving us the rite of passage today to have a new norm, Dr. James, that's what I'm taking away from today, not only to be present, but to have a new norm that no matter what position I hold as mom, wife, co-worker, co-host, you've given me the permission and our viewers and listeners today to wear your heart on your sleeve.
0: Mm-hmm. It doesn't
1: make you weak, it makes you strong.
0: Norm, thank you. Welcome to the family, welcome to the alumni. This relationship started in November of 2019 and mm-hmm. I hope it never ends. I appreciate what you do, how you plus me and what you bring to our life. And what you shared again today. So thank you for that, Shannon. Thank you, Norm. Another another wonderful show. I, I hope you are walking away with tools and pearls. Again, another wonderful show. Flew by. Another thank God it's Tuesday. <laughs> Use the tools. Have fun and continue to right. grow through life and not just go through life. And don't forget, you've just been gym packed